but I hate when I feel like this and I never hated you. Neurotica is a weekly podcast going to the deepest, darkest parts of the mind and bringing them to light. Topics range on mental illness, behavior, and perception, and more. Please be warned, many episodes contain trigger warnings. If you ever have thoughts of suicide, please call the suicide hotline at 1-800-273-8255. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Neurotica. A few months ago, we were uh, recording on location in Los Angeles. Well, this week, I'm happy to say we're recording on location again in beautiful New Jersey. It's not beautiful. No. It's awful. But that's why you might notice that the quality is a little bit less this week. I am recording on my my mobile mic, so apologies for that. But we're going to have an exciting episode because I'm here with somebody who, um, you know, was a huge influence in my life, whether he wants to admit it or not. Um, you might know him from Twitter at long underscore drive, all caps, I believe. Um, Chris Jones. Hello, Chris Jones. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. So Chris Jones is actually one of the very like first people I wanted to have on the podcast. And a big reason for it is that you know, he was kind of pushing me towards back to doing it. But also because he helped me through a time where things were very rough for me and the end result was that I went on medication for the first time. Um, that was kind of scary for me, but he helped push me towards it. So, uh, Chris, do you remember that time period where like, I was kind of, you know, calling on you like that? Yes. I remember finding out that you weren't on meds. I assumed you were, which was stupid on my part, I guess. But I thought all that time you were on medication. And then when I found out you weren't, I was like, go to your doctor. Didn't I make you go that day? Yeah, there, there was like a specific day, which we'll get in a little bit more later, but like, th- that's a bad sign because I feel like you were not the only person ever to be like, you're not on meds? <laughs> it's like, shit, that's like what people assume for me is that I should be on medication. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I wanted to give you a chance, Chris, to, you know, talk a little bit about yourself and like a little bit of your journey and we'll kind of interweave our two stories, but uh, tell us what's going on with you right now on the High and Inside podcast. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, well, baseball sucks. That's yeah. for sure. So Chris is a huge baseball fan. If you know him, you probably already knew that. Um, but our good friends Harper and Machado have taken, you know, a hundred days to decide what they want to do, and they still have not decided. I, I don't. I just. I don't care anymore. Yeah. It's, it's no medication can make me stop me from wanting to kill myself over this right now. Yeah. So like, it's the worst. We have all become obsessive. Like, not even just me and you. Like. Dylan's become obsessive about it. Like we're checking this constantly and we're just not getting answers. So that just shows how mentally stable we are about baseball. And that remind, remember that throughout the episode when we talk about real things in our lives <laughs> and how we're breaking down from those things that actually matter. Yeah. That we check baseball. Like we just search in Twitter, Bryce Harper and Manny Machado consistently. It was a good distraction from my actual problems. Yeah. But now it's just, it's, it's just more shit on top of shit. Yeah. So it's not fun anymore. It's really not. Yeah, so that's Chris's main focus. Um, in the past, I've obviously talked about how the Sixers are ruining my life. So just to equate all the things I said about the Sixers to Chris with the Phillies, um, the Sixers did almost bring me down again because they were doing it a little rough before. Now they're they're back on the up and up, and I get to be a dick to everybody on Twitter. Yes. Um, so there are some happy moments right now, but I, I do want to rewind to – Less happy days, Chris. I want to talk about how we got to know each other. And funny enough, um, 
we started following each other on Twitter, but we never really interacted. The thing that brought us together was the game Destiny. Yes, of all things. Which I think I've talked about in the podcast a little bit before, but like it wasn't so much Destiny. It was that when we did Destiny, we'd all join a Discord. If you're not aware of what Discord is, it's basically this platform that allows you group chat with your friends. It's made for video games in the sense that there's like text chats it's and there's Slack voice for chats. Gaming. Yeah, it's like Slack for gaming, but it also just really works for groups. And like we all got to know each other. We went through multiple rounds of drama but like i don't know we became this like click and then you know from there that's where like the shit boys came from and <laughs> you know the legend of cody's butthole and all that things but like that's what originally started for us and we got particularly close because we happened to play destiny you guys needed one more person to do what they call a raid which is a six person thing you need six people and you guys are like we need one more person i was like kind of free tonight and from there we became a raid group yeah and it was like hard not to become friends with people because you're spending we spent that one saturday i think the entire day from like 11 a.m to like 10 at night we were doing the same thing all of us together so it was pretty easy to actually make friends out of that yeah and do you want to talk about um how we even after the first night had to replace our one member cameron oh yeah because um he just got absolutely shit housed on whiskey so much so that he was pissing in his bathroom with his headset still on yeah when he said he was ready to start the raid so we all start and we just hear him laughing and yeah he's just completely blacked out and i see cam where are you and he's like i'm peeing so <laughs> but there was those were the moments like that we uh, joked back on and we, we played destiny together but we all still got to know each other in this discord and you know i had talked about this before this is during the roughest time of my life. That was when, um, you know, the the girl that I was dating had already broken up with me, so I was down about that. I was raising this dog by myself. Um, it was really tough, and, you know, I, like, work was starting to get really hard for me, and I didn't know if I was going to get, like, a promotion or not. Like, all these things just felt like they are crashing down on me once, so for me, Destiny was that only escape. And I know you've dealt with, like, mental stuff in the past, so you were kind of, like, coaching me through my life for a while. That's when I was caretaking, too. Yeah, so you were caretaking in real life. You want to talk about that a little bit more? What, the caretaking? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was that was not a good idea on my part. I know everybody says I did the right thing, and uh, I believe I did the right thing, but... Well, for people who don't know you, what, what was the caretaking situation? It was my grandmother fell and actually broke her neck, and... When she came to, she was just gone. Just Alzheimer's took over, apparently, somewhere along the line. So we, as a family, didn't have the coverage or the money to take care of her. And I was working two minutes down the street. So I was like, okay, why don't I just fucking move in? Because I was living with Pete at the time, Pete and his wife. And that was just a temporary thing. I was looking for a place to live. And then this came up, and I was like, why don't I do it? You know, I go, I live there rent-free. Yes, it'll be a lot of work. But I wasn't thinking about the mental aspect of it. I was just thinking about the crazy shit I would have to do, like wiping my grandma's ass. <laughs> like that was, I was like, okay, this is something that's happening and I have to do now. And uh, so I just figured, yeah, fuck it. You know, I'm right down the, you know, right down the road from work. I'll go do that. And it wasn't a good idea. Yeah. And I remember, <laughs> you know, we couldn't see you. Like there was like not opportunities for you to leave the house because you had to be there. I was a there. prisoner. I was a prisoner. Yeah. Like, I mean... I actually question, will I ever meet this person in real life? Because they, they can't get it out. And like meeting people through random stuff. Like, you know, I had talked about meeting friends at Adobe. So I, I had these, some Twitter friends before, um, 
obviously this Discord came along, but the Discord really opened it up, so I got to know people more, and kind of, we all branched out and each other's influences stuff, but, you know, that time, you couldn't get out of the house, I couldn't really get out of the house, so we kind of bonded over the fact that, like, you know, I had this dog that I was too afraid to leave the house, you had, you know, take care, take care of your grandparents, so, like, for us, it was always, well, we have nothing else to do, let's run this whole Saturday, like, video <laughs> yeah. games, and, like, you know, that meant a lot. And then after Destiny faded, you know, this Discord is still, like, a big thing for us. Yeah. Bigger than probably it was back then. Yeah. I mean, people have come and go. There's a lot of drama from it. But, um... Yes, they have. But the the good news around, around the time when, um, you know, Destiny was wrapping up for us, the Eagles were making the Super Bowl run, which I talked on a previous episode with, um, with Seamus. And I talked about how, at that moment, that was, like, one of my lowest moments feeling like... You know, nothing in my life is going right except for the Eagles. But I stayed alive because, and I was talking to you about this last night, I stayed alive because I really wanted to see the Eagles win it. And it was that one of those things was like, well, when I was feeling really down, like, I can't, I can't go before the Eagles play the Super Bowl. Yeah. And then I talked about that night kind of bargaining, like, was not going to kill myself if they lost. It just, there was nothing else keeping me alive. And I made a bet, like, to okay, this day, I, I still do that. I'll be like, oh, no, I can't kill myself because. I need to see Bryce Harper as a Philly or something yeah. like that. You always find that one thing. It's like, yeah, I'll just use this as some type of uh, fake reason to not off myself. Yeah, and so that was like a rough time for me. It was when the Super Bowl, get a couple of days relief, but then that's when things really started like, you know, getting into this like panic mode for me. So constantly I'd be going to work and the first thing I'd have to do is I'd have to message Chris. Like, do you remember that? Like I, I was, yeah, yeah. as soon as I got in the door things were just already bad for me. Yep. Like, talk talk about, like, just expecting to get a message from me every day that I'm just, like, <laughs> about to, like, lose it. Yeah, I mean, I it, it, it came to the point where I knew at some point you'd be hitting me up with something that was going wrong, and I would do my best to just divert your attention to something else. Which I feel bad about, but I remember the day very distinctly. It was this random Friday, I go into work, hits me right away and i i'd say you know i had said like oh you know i'm gonna look into you know getting back into the doctor's office but i hadn't done it yet i hit you up and you finally just said it you're like go right now call and i called and i went midday of a work day to a doctor talked to them got on medication and you were kind of coaching me through um, you know, the adjustment period and stuff like that. Like, again, I would be messaging you every day. Like, yeah. I feel like this today and I feel like this today. What'd you ask me to do? I told you to. Yeah. It's a wild two weeks to a month when you start, when you first start medication. Yeah. So I want to pause here real quick though and say that this is really what I want to talk about on this episode though, is medication itself. Um, and what we're going to say in the next couple of moments, you know, in the podcast, some of it's going to be really funny and light and some of it's going to be a little bit dark and if this feels like something that might trigger you talking about medication specifically i will give you this warning and say if you have to turn off the podcast that is understandable but we're going to talk about medication and i want to make it very clear that i am very pro medication chris would you say you're pro medication as well yes yes he is also pro medication somebody who wasn't yes but some of the things we're going to talk about are some of the side effects that are particularly dangerous or upsetting or even to some degree, it's just funny. So there is a potential that it may seem like we're knocking medication. We are not. We are pro-medication. I definitely do not believe I'd be here right now without medication. 
I would have committed suicide. But we're going to talk about some crazy shit. First of all being that I broke my dick. <laughs> my dick don't work. Yeah. And when I say my dick don't work, I don't mean I couldn't get an erection. I mean that I could couldn't, not... Couldn't do anything with it. Couldn't do anything with it. Could not finish. Couldn't feel anything. Um, and I talked about this previous episode with fans and I a little bit. And I'm not saying this is like a weird sexual thing. But I'm just saying like this is a real reality that I had almost no feeling in my penis. And then found out that's like what I was taking was what some porn stars were taking just to like be able to do porn. That explains it. Yeah, like, <laughs> the pill's got multi-purpose. Cheaters. This pill will make you not depressed, but also make it so you don't feel anything in your penis. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's definitely a trade-off. Any depression medication has some type of weird side effect. First one I did was Lexapro, which made me feel better overall, but at the same time made me a, a complete zombie, and I could not take a joke. Like, any of my friends fuck with me in the littlest bit. I would get super sensitive about it and, like, shut down. And, like, my friend Justin had to be like, dude, you need to realize you are acting just completely different. He's like, you may feel better, but you aren't the same person. And, like, I started to realize it the more I paid attention. And that's when I switched off of it. It's, yeah. it's always something with each each depression medication. Yeah. Some type of weird side effect. And we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, our stories. Like, I'm on Lexapro now, and it's working a little bit better for me. But the first thing I took was Olaf, and that's what broke my dick. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was to the point where I would get frustrated with masturbating because I knew I was going to finish. Like I, I do it for an hour and no result. Like I one it day becomes a chore. Yeah, one day I woke up and my penis was swollen, but like not in the way you would have thought of. Like it's just like all huge. It was just like this little like bubble around like below the head. It looked like it was like a flotation device. It was awful. Oh, and but the thing was like I was like I know it's not an STD. It's like I know I just did this. Like I just mangled my dong because of the pills device. um sick bastard did you ever have your penis broken from the pills no i never got that side effect thankfully oh um, yeah i know lucky you a little bit from wellbutrin a little bit it just made me last longer which that's just a bonus i guess well that's the thing is like you know i guess the, <laughs> i was trying to go through forums to read like okay is this common this could go away <laughs> and there are some really weird dudes who are just like this is fucking awesome like I'll never... Because there are some people that legitimately, like... I read articles that said, you know, this pill saved my life but killed my sex life. Somebody said, I had to get off of this because I wanted to kill myself just because I couldn't have sex. Like, it was very seriously affecting people's lives. I'm not going to take complete light of that either. Like, when I was going through it, I was very, very frustrated and, like, felt like I was losing something. But then the pills kind of mellowed me out and I didn't care as much. Yeah. But, like, people were really upset. But there was always one dude who's just like... I don't know what you're complaining about. My girlfriend's yeah. satisfied. It's uh, like... I, lo- I love this shit. Yeah, like, come on, man. It's just like making you cringe. Um, so that that was always the biggest side effect I went through. So I went from Solo 50 milligrams, had the side effects, started to go away a little bit. Um, and I felt like my depression was, like, a little bit better. My anxiety was, like, gone. Yeah, which... It's good. Yeah, well, it was great to lose anxiety. anxiety. is kind of the better one to get rid of first, I'd say. Yeah, but then there was just, like, these moments where I would um, get really, like, darkish, like, and down, but it wasn't really, like, catastrophic. It's like, I could have dealt with it. Yeah. Just... I go, go back to the doctor, they put me on 100 milligrams, and then I started getting really dark streaks, 
and was like, I might kill myself on this. Like, I started having the suicidal thoughts that they talk about. It's pretty fucked up that one of the side effects of depression medication can be becoming more suicidal. Yeah. And, Chris, do you want to tell us a little bit about your story? Because that's the big thing that you kind of talked me through is you said, hey, man, on the medication, you might get these thoughts as soon as that happens, talk to the doctor. Like, that was the biggest thing you coached me on. This is where I'm going to, again, say we're pro-medication, but you still need to be aware of these thoughts. And this is why both Chris and I agree that this would be something worth talking about. Yeah. Well, I stopped taking the Lexapro, just cold turkey. And while coming down off of it, I just, the suicidal thoughts just not only came back, but like, that was when I decided I used, I forget, I had a ferret that died. And that day I was just like, I'm going to drink myself to death today. And I was pretty open about it. I told people I was going to do it, and I tried to do it. <laughs> I, I put in my best effort. Ended up going to the ER, blew a .35. They said the amount of alcohol I had in me was like surgical anesthesia levels. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> like they could have just taken a kidney and I wouldn't have known. It's pretty. It was pretty wild. Um, I should have died. Doctors told me that. Um, but I guess because I was such a heavy drinker, that's why I didn't die. I don't know. So but, you would say drinking saved your life? <laughs> I guess. Yeah. They're actually, if we want to put a positive spin on it. That is, uh, that's well, a way to do it. There actually is a scene in a movie called Thank You for Smoking where his life is saved by the fact that he was such a heavy <laughs> I, smoker. I saw that a long time ago. That, like, that watching that movie, that must be like your PTSD moment. Like when I'm watching <sighs> Crazy Stupid Love and he jumps out of the car, I get my PTSD. But yeah, like you told me that story. and like I was 25 too. Yeah, it was my age, and I remember being so scared and thinking, like, what if this happens to me? And you just said, you're going to, you know, think about that if you don't take the pills. Like, if you keep with it and you find the right one, your life's going to get so much better. So, Yeah, I said pretty much guarantee you would switch medications at some point. Yeah, and you also highlighted the problem of, like, that's another thing about medications. You have to stick with it. You can't just stop taking it on accident. You, like... You can't, you, you know, even when you're starting, you can't expect it to work right away, but you can also expect it and it might really fuck with you. Like, mm-hmm. I would get very agitated at first, or I'd have mood swings. Like, I'd go from super happy to super sad. Like, the mood swings in the adjustment period are very real, but once you get past the adjustment period and something works for you... You can actually like, go through my Twitter timeline and see when I switched medication. It's That's the scary <laughs> part. You know when it was during that Eagles billboard shit? Oh, yeah. I was out of my mind. I was getting drunk and sitting on Twitter... And picking a fight with some stranger, all the strangers I could, and it was just like I remember when my medic, when my med, my new medication kicked in, I was like, "Why the fuck am I wasting my time with this bullshit? What am I doing? Like, I'm offering to fist fight people on, tw- like, acting like a child, basically. I was acting like I was like some 15 year old fucking kid who just basically snorted pure testosterone. Yeah, and I was just acting like a fucking child. It was embarrassing, and you can see like when my medicine actually, my new medication kicked in. Yeah, and I think that's the thing for me. It's like, you know, I went from Zoloft to Wellbutrin to Lexapro. And it you think it might be subtle, but I can tell you clearly where my head was at every single, like, juncture of my pills. Like, but man, that first feeling of, like, I'm happy today and I think I'm going to be happy tomorrow. Yeah. When I went to the Lexapro, that's what's keeping me on it right now. But I, I am worried because I get agitated a lot easier now, too. Yeah. Well, the thing is, it's like it helps me deal with minor shit. Not like I could the smallest thing I could use to be like, oh, well, 
my day's fucked. Uh, I'm gonna go get blackout drunk and forget about all my problems. Yeah. Now, like over the dumbest little fucking thing. I mean, the Phillies, uh, you know, shocking. But I, I used to just let my mood hinge on what they did on a daily basis. They win, I'd be happy. They lose, I'd be fucking miserable. Either way, I'd drink. <laughs> I drink because I'm happy, or I drink because I'm sad. And it's just, ugh, it's a nightmare. Well, drinking did save your life, so I'm not going to tell you to stop doing that. <laughs> uh, but no, and I, just I do it a lot less these days. And I remember, like, I was talking to you, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'm not on pills right now. And, like, I think at that time you weren't on anything either. And no, you're like, I, I need was... to. Yeah. And I was like, well, why the fuck am I going to do this if you're not going to do this? And then eventually, you know, we both did it. Yep. And, like, I think right now I'm in a tremendously better place than I was because I took the pills. Like, if I had never done it, like, I, I don't think 2018 I survived. Yeah, I've always wanted to believe I could do it on my own without medication. But every time I stop medication, something stupid happens. Every fucking time. So, Why don't you tell us about some, some stupid stuff then? Uh, well, Give us the juicy details. I mean, well, the first one is me trying to kill myself, obviously. Well, yeah, we that's, already covered that. That's though. a bad one. <laughs> that's not good podcasting to bring up the kill yourself story. Like, uh, you have to have it in the center as like this, like, this like heart-wrenching thing, but then you make it light. Like, come on, Chris, you're, you you have a podcast. You have a highly successful Hide Inside uh, podcast. Yeah, they're all three people that listen to it, which is all people in the Discord. <laughs> yeah, but I'm an occasional co-host. If that you want to check me out on my other podcast, Hide Inside, it's me and Chris every week, mm-hmm. and sometimes our friend Tim. Yeah, Tim's there sometimes, but not usually. He doesn't yeah. do any of the editing or anything. He just kind of... You know. I like that he doesn't talk about suicide too much. No, I'm kidding. No, no. Your suicide's beautiful. Embrace Thank it. you. Embrace Thank it. You. When you first told me that story. I think it's hilarious now. Well, like, I don't know if it's hilarious, but when you first told me that story, that that was like a harrowing moment. Like imagine, like, because obviously I blacked out. Yeah. I mean, so I woke up in the psych ward of the hospital that had no windows or anything. and I had no idea where I was. I had no idea why I was there. I thought it was like a, like one of those like lucid dreams. So I thought I was just having like some crazy nightmare. I was like fuck is going on but now i can actually look it's it's funny to me like when i look back at it i mean not like ha ha funny but like i i get what you're saying i've had people come on the podcast and even for me like you know my first episode was trying to make jokes about my mom jumping out of a car like we're like oh there's a quarter that was with tony right yeah that was the original and like i think that is what kind of what inspires the podcast though it's like i need to own my mental health and for me it has to be comedy I have to, I just have to find the humor in it, basically, because yeah. it happened. I can't change that it happened. It took me forever just to tell people it happened. I still don't go around flaunting it. Like, I guess now I am, if whoever listens to this. but It's the same three people that are listening to the High and Inside yeah, podcast, so don't much. worry about that. We all that. just jerk each other off with these podcasts. It's, it's yeah, nice. but you, you didn't realize, though, like, even telling me that story, it made me, like, realize that this isn't just something that I'm going to do like i'm gonna commit to it because you know when i got on the zoloft and my anxiety went away at first like that was like oh my god i go to work and i can handle problems without overreacting to them and then was still feeling like a little bit like "Eh," and you were like man this doesn't seem like it's fully working for you and i was like no but like oh man my anxiety is gone and you're like Mm. yeah but you're still having these thoughts and you kind of coached me through that so i went back they doubled it and Things got even better on the anxiety front, and the day-to-day depression was better, but then, like, I got the dark thoughts, and you were, like, right away, like, no, get off that, and your story helped guide me, and that's why 
that's really why I wanted you to come on the podcast to talk about suicide, not to make even jokes about it, but like so people who listen know that like yeah, it might it might take you in that direction. You got to watch it, but to see the leap of who I am today with the medication, I think if I never went and got medication, I was absolutely going to hurt myself in some way. Maybe not even like physically, but I was going to like quit my job or something. Yeah, I was I was going to do something rash because. My brain couldn't take it anymore. I was a complete mess. Like, you you could probably tell people the best, the difference between me, like, before and after medication. Yeah. It was, um, and it was almost like overnight, because you were kind of still freaking out over some smaller shit, and then it was just one day you stopped. Yeah. Just, like, that was it. Like, anybody who knows me, like, I will always be high energy and anxious to some degree, but I'm telling you... I'd get into work, and if somebody said, hey, you, like, did this one little thing wrong that's easily correctable, I would get into a spiral right away. I'd start thinking, like, I'm a complete fucking failure. I can't even do my job. They they should just fire me. Like, how could I pretend I'm going to get a promotion? Like, now, like, when I'm at work, I still get a little agitated, but for the most part, I'm just like, these guys. Yeah, like you just like, kind of oh. let it roll off your back and just fuck it. Yeah, so... I want to talk about, though, like, the, the next step for you. Like, you know, we were hanging out a lot on, you know, Destiny and stuff. Um, but, obviously, you know, we both got on medication, but you also had a big life change, too. So, you talked about, you know, being a caregiver. Why don't you talk about what happened after that? That was getting this place, thankfully. Because Pete, going through his divorce. Rip. El Rippo. <laughs> to Pete's marriage. Love you, Pete. Um, so he was going through a divorce right at the same time. We finally had something figured out with my, with my grandmother and my grandfather where I could just leave. I was good, free to go. So I started looking for a place and then Pete goes through his divorce. So we start looking for a place together, which we get here and you know, this fucking awesome place, uh, everything I could ask for. And I thought like for sure all of the mental shit would, would get better. You know, once I moved and it for a period got worse because I realized that I was here and it wasn't the caretaking that was kind of bogging me down. It's just the same old shit. So that's why I had to go back on medication again, because every time I try to do it without medication, it just doesn't end well. So you just have to, like, swallow your pride because I was really anti medication. I thought it was stupid. I thought it was placebos. Did not want to take it. And obviously it's working for you. Yes. And I'm telling you as a friend, if you stop taking them. I'm going to come over and I'm going to tie you to the bed and I'm going to shove them down your throat. <laughs> uh, you might have to one day. I sure hope not. But if I have to, I will. Because I think for both of us, I've seen already both of us, like, you know, let go of the dumb shit that we would have really got us riled up in the past. Yeah. We still get angry. We, st- we still get a little, little, uh, I try not to fight with people on Twitter anymore. It's, it's improved my life. I've actually taken steps to also reduce my fighting on with people on Twitter. I've been muting and blocking people more. Yeah. Um, I've been doing just light hazing, um, very minimal bomb threats at all. I I tried to get my Twitter account suspended, like save me from myself. Yeah. Because I can't not use Twitter. I just, I just can't. I'm addicted to the fucking thing. Which sucks because I hate it at the same time. I would love for like a therapist to listen to this episode and just keep picking apart all the things. It's like social media obsession, just like yeah, the sports obsession. We're a type. Like we're definitely anxious, and it's like <laughs> these poor children. There's a reason why the show's called Neurotica. Although last night, yes, I was I like, I was a little stoned, just going Neurotic, 
Narpotic should have been the name of the show. And you're like... You talked yourself down from that. And then I was like, wait, that's not a good idea. You're like, wait a second. Okay, I'm over it. So I will also say that um, last night I took a big step in my life that I'm trying to register for medical marijuana through the state of Pennsylvania. Um, we'll see if I have any luck with that. But that's another thing that kind of helped me that I've been resistant to talk about just because there's like the stigma of it. But... We're moving towards, you know, it getting legal. I think the stigma's mostly gone by this point. Yeah, like, it's moving towards getting legal. I live in Philadelphia. They won't even, like, press charges against me for small amounts. I remember back in 09, I would talk on Twitter, like, the early days of Twitter, about me smoking weed and people being like, you shouldn't put that on here, blah, blah, blah. Like, who gives a shit? Like, and now it's like... It, everybody's just pretty open with it. Yeah, and it's like, I, you know, I was hesitant because, you know, it's like, oh, if I put it on social media, I try to get a new job. But I have been diagnosed with PTSD, and I'm not throwing that, like, out there just like, I get to do what I want, but, like, I can smoke and feel better. So I know that I'm, like, you know, adding with my one medication, self-medication, and that's a little bad just because I'm, like, you know, doing it at my own will, but... To have something in my back pocket that when I feel, like, really low or really sad and I can just, like, relax easily or smile and laugh when it's not so easy for me to do so, like, it's hard for me to say no, especially knowing that, like, it's not like I'm doing cocaine. Yeah. No, I I, uh, I use weed as a crutch very often, even with medication. I'll have days where I'm just angry or a little bit anxious and... I smoke a little bit I feel much better and it doesn't fuck with my productivity or any shit like that it's just it's so stupid that it's still illegal yeah I mean I think the the worst thing about it is I don't feel like getting off the couch a little bit more and maybe I sleep a little less restful but it even helps me sleep because I used to be like so anxious that like I would I'd be up till two in the morning thinking through scenarios that weren't gonna happen I'd be like, if somebody comes up to me at work because of this big project I'm working on and says it's fucked up, here's how I'm going to defend myself and here's how the conversation's going to go. And it's like. I'm a big fan of having arguments, fake arguments in my head in the shower. Just like thinking of what somebody could possibly say to me and what I would say back. And I'm like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this hypothetical situation, getting myself all amped up for no reason? Or like imagining myself like punching some enemy who has no clue who I am. (laughs) Just like. I don't like you. This alt-right guy, I gotta take him down. And it's like, this alt-right guy doesn't know me. <laughs> me. Me on opening day with those uh, those Christians. Yeah, that was fun. So I guess that's another you know entry into the, the opening day uh, legend. Chris <laughs> almost beating the shit out of some Jehovah's Witnesses or something? Or Mormons? Like, no, they had the God hates. Oh, yeah. But they, yeah, they were like Westboro Baptist Pretty much. kind of shit. Like, yeah, and... F- uh, Big Daddy Frank came and pulled me out of there. Yeah, Chris was about to just beat up these religious people, but they did have it coming. They were um, very homophobic. It was very odd that they picked the Phillies game that they were going to. Yeah, like why? Why are you here? Get out of here! Like, yeah, they they kind of deserve to get punched, but they really do. But yeah, that, that and that's like another thing that we like. We had our opening day together, and we were both in like actually pretty decent places mentally. Yeah. And now opening day is coming up again, and, you know, we're hoping for Harper Machado, but, you know, hide inside podcast. Chris, <laughs> give us your analysis of what you think is happening with Harper and Machado. My analysis is if we don't sign one of them, I'm going to stop taking my medication. I'm going to start doing cocaine and just see how long I live. 
That sounds like a terrible idea. Um, but let's talk more about your High and Inside podcast, this podcast that I think is very popular and going to shoot through the roof. Can you even call it a podcast? It's like two idiots who get together and record sounds every now and then. Like to be a podcast, you have to have some type of schedule, which no. we, do, we do not. We, we keep telling ourselves we're going to have a schedule during the season, but we won't. Well, we're going to have the Neurotica uh, High and Inside crossover event. <laughs> Where we're just Tim's not going to be around for opening day, so no opening day podcast. No opening day podcast. No, because yeah. I'm not recording. That's for sure. Ah, that's you know what? I'm I'm out on your guys' podcast. Whatever now, I so. recorded, like I would just lose whatever I was recording with, just because <laughs> I'd be too drunk. So well, just... I mean, last opening day, I peed on a glove that I borrowed from a friend. So <laughs> that was an accident. I dropped it in the urinal, and then I was still peeing. And I was too drunk to stop peeing. I was actually pretty well behaved last opening you day. Were. The you one before that. I was, all right, so like last year, I was behaved. Two years ago, I was semi-behaved. I was drunk, and the mustard wasn't coming out of the hot dog thing, <laughs> the pump. So I slammed it and just shot mustard all over myself. And then I went back to my seat and, like, cleaned myself up as best as I could. But that was the only event that happened that one. Three years ago, I was a, I was useless. That's when I was so drunk that Pete and somebody else had to carry me into the game. I slept till the fifth inning in my seat, and I covered myself in a cheesesteak somehow. That was awful. How did That's they... when I was like, after that, like I, I was like, okay, I need to, I need to cut that. How did they even let you into the game? They almost didn't. Question. They almost didn't. I was like basically propped up. Dude. It was like Pete was dealing with uh, Weekend at Bernie's, basically. <laughs> How awful. much of that do you actually remember? I remember waking up and realizing it was the fifth inning and we were losing, and I got pissed off, and uh, I went back to sleep. You tried to fight a cheesesteak somehow. Yeah, oh, it was all over my pants, dude. Like <laughs> I'm covered in fucking cheese whiz. It was uh, suboptimal. Not and that's what happens when you don't take your medication and you abuse alcohol. Correct. And uh, so this last opening day, though, was good. I got a got a nice buzz. I yelled about the fanatics' dick a lot. Um, yes, we did. We did have an extensive conversation about the fanatics' dick. And then the uh, the Phillies won. So. It was it was a great day. They finally fucking won on an opening day, and now this year we get an actual true opening day. It's the first game of the season. Yes. Instead of them starting on the road like the past fucking God knows how many times. Yeah. So if you if you're a Phillies fan and you plan at being opening day and you want to say hi to us, leave us the fuck alone. We're getting really drunk. We might fight you. Um, yeah, shut well, up. Well, I'm not gonna fight you. Let's be honest. I don't here. care what you have to say. Yes, I do. I want to meet everybody. Now, we're, opening we're, day is my op- is it's my actual holiday and yeah it's Chris's Christmas. The only the person Christmas. that could show up that would piss me off would be Zomp. If Zomp shows up, I'll fucking punch him in his mouth. But uh, other than that, yeah, so Zomp, it's a happy day. Zomp is a uh, Philadelphia Twitter um, mainstay as a huge racist piece of shit Eagles fan. He's like five foot five. He's, I, I would grab him by his fucking throat and just throw him around. The I don't think anybody's ever seen him in person because, as far as I can tell, he's a huge coward. So yeah, he's not showing up. In um, I don't even know if he's even in the area. Like for all I know, he lives in Utah, and I don't really give a shit. So um, anyway, fuck Tuzam. <laughs> yes. Uh, fuck Barstool. Yes. Uh, yes. Who else do we hate? Everybody. Yeah, we hate everybody. We we literally <laughs> get in too many Twitter. Fo- we had to start coaching each other to stop getting into Twitter fights. Yeah, it's bad. I, I was actually talking to someone. I I do want to, like, I've decided to stop being a dick directly to Spike Eskin. I still do not agree with any of his Sixers He takes. noticed you were leaving him alone, and that's why he dropped the, dropped the trade Jimmy Butler article. I'm He's not, like, Code Rand hasn't come at me in a while. I'm Let not going to engage with it. I will just 
subtweet him, but he can't see the subtweets because I blocked him, which makes me seem like a coward, but, you know, that's hey, fine. Save, save you from yourself, man. It's saving me from myself. Uh, I had to block people because I, I knew I could not, not argue with them. We so. got in so many Twitter fights in 2018. Like, we were getting, like, two a day, I think, at that rate. Like, mm-hmm. each one of us. Not, not like, I got one, you got one. And, like, long, drawn-out ones, like. Yeah. And the most embarrassing thing you can do is get in a quote RT war with people. Yeah. And I did that so many times. And I look back at it and I'm like, why do I do this cringy shit? I still I still don't know why people follow me. I have no idea. Yeah. It was just a really bad... Now I just try to like go back to my silly ways. Because I... Literally for a while on Twitter, I never was even that kind of aggressive. I was just always, um, you know, the kind of person who would just be like... Let me tweet about my balls in new interesting ways. Like, and then I'd like see you like arguing with people, and I'd still jump in with like, "Hey, fella, you got a nice hat," and be like, "What?" And but yeah, I started arguing with people myself because I just I don't know. Sixers got me worked up. I got in a huge fight fight with my brother. He stopped talking to me, and just everybody in our Discord was just like, "He sounds like a real shithead." And I'm like, "Yeah, validation. This is dope." <laughs> um, but he don't talk to me no more. I, yeah, I got in a fight with so many people over Trump and shit. So. 2019, I'm trying to do that less, but me and Chris are the, the tag team of stupid Twitter shit Correct. now. Yeah, but I, just, if somebody comes at me with something stupid now, I just reply with, like, Pregnant Sonic or yeah. Chester Cheeto pooping Cheetos. It's it's done wonders for my for my mental health, actually. Yeah, and you can, you can basically blame Chris if, for even knowing me on Twitter, most likely. Like, he kept pushing my account and was just like, follow this guy. So, again... 100% his fault if you're following me and you're like, why did I do this myself? You nerds fell for it. It was a trap. <laughs> well, that's why I was like telling fans it's a nine. Like when he tweeted out to follow me right yeah. away, everybody went, no, what are you doing? Why are you unleashing him on pod people? This is your worst tweet ever. And every time I tell people to follow you, like 10 minutes later, you just tweet something astronomically stupid. Yeah, like one time. On purpose, every time. <laughs> like, God damn it. Why do I do this? One time I tweeted like, welcome new followers and then just tweeted like the the worst possible like phrase possible i can't remember it because it was just so it was really bad absolutely oh i think i know what it was it was like a pun it was um, extremely punny it was a pun that i think the end result was breasts or something like that was (laughs) probably yes it was something something involving boobs yeah so that's who i was as a person and then i got really angry and started yelling people on twitter but now I'm in a better place with my medication. I just get high when I'm angry. And I leave people alone. Yeah. No harm, no foul. We may or may not be high right now. I can't confirm or deny that. I can confirm Th- I am. This is the Hide Inside Podcast. <laughs> we are high and we are inside. Sorry, Tim. Hide Inside Podcast. We killed Tim. <laughs> it's just us now. It's just us now. So now my listeners are very confused. But in case you don't know, Chris is on a podcast, talked about the Phillies, and um, it's with him and not Kerouac, and I don't think you guys are going to do it. Uh, but no. I, every time you do, I love listening to it. It's probably the best cross-section of informational Phillies versus what color is the fanatic stick. And just yelling loudly. Yeah. If you're an angry person, you would like listening to the podcast because it's just me being angry and... Uh, Tim saying a bunch of dumb shit that I disagree with, which, and they go, which in turn makes me more angry. And then go inside. Yeah, and then Tim doing that a lot, and uh, yeah, this, it's 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 terrible. This we whole, agreed we wouldn't do another one until Harper and Machado signed, and so the proven. podcast is canceled. Yeah, it, it's canceled. It's a wrap. Yeah. So 
Uh, that's your plug for today. Uh, is there anybody you want to yell at while we're here? Anybody I want to yell? Who do I want to pick a fight with? No, no. See, we don't do that anymore. Yeah, we're better people. Yeah. Um, I love everybody. Yeah, we're gonna be better people. We're not gonna pick fights. We'll we'll block who we need to, but uh, certain people who are racist and sexist from WIP need to be fired. Um, but Correct. we're we're above it. We're not gonna be those people anymore. So um, the radio sucks. I hope Angelo Cataldi dies. Yeah. Um, so that's not our thing. Um, but anything else you want to you want to plug anybody's like uh, you know shit you're looking at like you know you got any friends who are doing new work or anything like that. Other than the High and Inside podcast. Um, shit. Listen to Neurotica. Well, they already are listening to Neurotica. This Listen is terrible. Listen to it more. Okay, we're going we're gonna to stop um, giving you the floor. It's all back to me now. I'm the host. Uh, no. So, if you'd like to see more of me um, embarrassing myself, there's always now twitch.tv slash coderan. I will be streaming uh, me playing video games such as Rocket League, uh, Call of Duty, Overwatch, and I'm gonna get famous and rich from that, so I don't have to keep doing this podcast. And with... I'll be on chat with him to write his coattails in case he does get rich. Yeah, things. so I don't have to keep recording this and pretending like I like you people. Um, Here we go. I'm above mental health if I can just get rich, like that's fine. Fuck um, mental health. You can follow me at CodeRain. You can follow him at Long Underscore Drive. Uh, you can also follow the Neurotica uh, Twitter account, Neurotica the Pod. Um, and then I have another Twitter account I do not remember, so I, again, once again, will not be able to plug that. This happens on a weekly basis. The Shadow account. The Shadow account, where it, I just post uh, pictures of that, Shadow giving birth. Is that the one where you, you go to have all your heated gaming moments? No, I would never do that. Uh, no, I'm a very nice gamer. I do not do racist and sexist things. I just play Uno and yell at the screen. Um, so this has been Neurotic of the Pod, the mess that it has been. Coming to you live from a basement in New Jersey. Thank you for listening and enjoy your weekend.